the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's the most wonderful time in eight years. Yet some kids are protesting while Trump fans investing their time with good cheer. Sing it's the most wonderful time. Welcome to the Christmas edition of Unite IE Radio. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm joined by my co-host, a little under the weather, but uh, hanging in there, Don Dix, chapter leader of Act for America in Corona. And boy, that song that says it right. It is the most wonderful time in eight years. Merry Christmas, Don. Greg, I just want to wish you a Merry Christmas as well and uh, just let you know what a pleasure it's been over this past year. Uh, missing right now uh, the gentleman that occupied the third seat, uh, John Hancock. Uh, but it's been a pleasure to be here with you and uh, rehash the news and comment on it and uh just appreciate your friendship and not just here on Unite IE Radio, but also the work that we're doing out in the community. You've been a big part of that. Um, there are lots of people that have been a big part of that. And I want to wish our listeners, as well as all those people who are a part of the Unite IE Coalition, uh, you can find out more about them on UniteIE.com. A Merry Christmas. Uh, thank them for their hard work this year, because certainly... Uh, it had a role in the way that some of the things turned out in California, although there's a lot of things that I think we would have liked to have seen happen differently. Some people we would have liked to have seen get elected. But clearly at the top of the ticket, as you started out, you said we have a lot to be thankful for. And uh, so besides our friendship and besides the uh, work of the uh, folks that are out there uh, as a part of the United IE Coalition, uh, we want to be thankful for uh what a great christmas gift we got politically speaking sure and i uh, did a lot of working with you and, and our friendship both here at the, in the show and in, in the cause out and outside the studio but also you're totally right is so many people with our, our unite ie groups have done worked so hard and done so much to uh, that we can't even begin to name all of them on, on, on the air to help make this result possible because their work has extended far beyond the borders of California. Yeah, and I would just encourage folks that do tune into our radio show to, first of all, spread the news about the radio show. Uh, you know, let other people know that this is a place they can tune in to learn about what they can do locally, because the answer to all political problems is getting involved locally. Um, but also, you, you know, to encourage those people who are doing a lot of the heavy lifting in the community by going to these, you know, group meetings that happen throughout. Uh, the Inland Empire to encourage those that are, you know, doing a lot of this work, because in some cases it's all it's almost thankless because it is, you know, so hard to get results here in California. But then again, if we have more folks that are a part of that solution, 
it would be a lot easier. And we could get some amazing things accomplished in California if we had more people that were working to pull that uh, conservative cart forward. Sure, and we've learned through our Center for Self-Governance training that you don't necessarily need a majority of people Mm-mm. in order to accomplish things. Oftentimes, a, sm- a small, dedicated, effective, trained, active minority can accomplish things on particularly locally. And you can do that more locally or at county level, less so on the state, less so on the federal level. But uh, yeah, that's why we say so often, the most important political office is that of the private citizen. That's true. And the other thing that we have not said lately is that if you don't take an interest in politics, politics is definitely taking an interest in you. I know we used to open up our show with that saying, but it's true. You look through the 800 and some new laws that are set to take effect on January 1st, and you realize that step by step, inch by inch, California legislators are encroaching on our liberties you know, one step at a time. And now we're faced with two years of a supermajority in Sacramento where the progressives are almost free to implement whatever it is that they want to implement to advance that progressive. And we say it oftentimes that progressive is used in almost in replacement of words like Marxism and communism. But this is where progressivism is ultimately leading. Yeah, I, I never, I never like, and I never use the term progressive because I don't want to concede that term to them because there is there is nothing progressive about pro- so-called it's progressism. It's about restricting liberty, as you said, about increasing the size of the state, more centralized government, undermining the republic, undermining the constitution, undermining the free enterprise system, and undermining prosperity. Yep, California, because of these, quote, progressives, unquote, and their policies, has the highest cost of living poverty rate in the country by a wide margin. And yet they tout, they, they tout their concern for the poor people. And we have the worst roads how, how in the country. The worst, yet the highest gasoline taxes. That's right. And according to many different surveys, California ranks near the bottom, educationally speaking. I know that in certain communities, uh, I'm fortunate to live in one. We've got great school districts. But California, on by and large, uh, ranks near the bottom of education systems throughout the country. They've adopted a business climate such that uh, manufacturing with good jobs just almost has to go elsewhere. The cost of the regulations. You can you can go to Texas, you can go to Arizona, you can go to Nevada, and conduct business much less expensively and get things done much more quickly. I think it takes six weeks to get approval to build a Carl's Jr. in Texas. It takes months, if not years, to do that here in California. And there's a price, and, and there's a price to be paid for that. But it's not paid by the people that are making these laws. It's paid by. California workers and California, the average California private. Let's just make right. it clear: private sector, by and large, although public, every employee pays, you know, taxes, uh, whether it property taxes or income taxes. But by and large, the transfer of wealth that's occurring in this state from the private sector to the public sector is an issue that's going to be a big issue in 2017, 18, and beyond. And I'm referring to this pension tsunami of unfunded debt that's only beginning really to become 
you know, a topic of conversation in the media. Uh, they're only beginning to bring this up. It wasn't even a topic of conversation during the election. Probably one of the biggest issues facing Californians. Now we know roughly $150,000 worth of unfunded pension debt hangs around the necks of every household in Amer- in California. So what business wants to invest and buy a share of that massive trillion-dollar-plus unfunded liabilities where you can go elsewhere and not have that yep. liability? But just close out this, this thought. Donald Trump is not going to make America great again. Not by himself. His leadership is important, and I'm very happy with what I've seen thus far. But he can't do it alone. That's right. It, it really, it, we have to back him up. We have to support him. We have to get our congressional representatives to support his agenda. We have to run for school board and influence your school board and city council. All of these things have to happen if we're going to make America great again, not just Donald Trump. And I think that what this, uh, what this era of, of the political climate provides us with is wind at our backs. We, we, we are seeing people become a lot more outspoken for conservative values. We can cover a myriad of things that have happened over the last couple of weeks where, you know, people of conser- with conservative worldview are beginning to get a little bit more emboldened to push back on the politically correct climate. And uh, we just would ask you to join us uh, out there. And at the same time, wish you a Merry Christmas. We've got a couple of great things uh, stacked up here for the Unite IE Radio Show here on this Christmas. So uh, stay tuned for more after this break from our sponsor, with a word from our sponsor. Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation. Ed is a great patriot and the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. More with the real war on Christmas after this message. Hey, Larry Elder here. Now, if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start, call my friend Ed Hoffman at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Rates are great right now, and from what Ed tells me, there are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate. You need a lender you can count on, and I can vouch for Ed. He'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family. Just give Ed a call at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I know Ed. He's a good guy. He'll talk to you like a friend and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now is the time to buy or refinance. Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com. 855-640-2020-AM590-TheAnswer. It is our Christmas Day show, normally broadcast on Saturdays at 4 o'clock. So here we are on Sunday because we got bumped by the Rams. So we're coming to you on Christmas Day. And as Greg sort of teased up in the last section, what is the real war on Christmas? Well, one of the wars that we're seeing brought to an end, I'm really happy 
watching the Donald Trump, I know this isn't what you were leading to, but I'm really happy watching the Donald Trump thank you tour to see Merry Christmas on the podium with Christmas trees in the background and no unabashed, you know, hiding of Christmas behind politically correct terms like happy holidays. It is Christmas. Our president-elect said as much. And ISIS has warned us as much that they are declaring war on Christmas. And we saw what happened this week in, in Berlin. Just the latest, uh, one of the latest terrorist attacks, not even the only one this past week, in which a jihadist refugee in, in Germany, he was in Germany only because even though his asylum claim had been denied, his home country wouldn't take him back, so they let him stay anyway. Got a truck, as, as similar to what happened in Marseille earlier in the year, and drove it into a, a Christmas market in Berlin, killing 12 and injuring uh, many 48. more. 48. And pretty close. Generally terrifying everyone else. So everyone, if, you, if you go to a Christmas market, any kind of Christmas event in Europe or even here, are, are you, is your event going to be the next one to be attacked? Now, to be clear, these Christmas markets aren't just uh, an opportunity for merchants to sell you know, uh, German citizens, Christmas presents and merchandise. These have a very, these, these markets have a very significant role in German culture because these are gathering places leading up to Christmas where the community comes together to celebrate Christmas. There's a very, uh, entrenched Christmas theme in these markets. Oftentimes you'll have people dressed up as St. Nick going through. You'll have uh, there's there's a whole culture of celebration of Christmas where you know people buy mugs and they go from stand to stand drinking mulled wine. These are people in neighborhoods meeting neighbors, celebrating the Christmas time and uh, really just revel. So these Christmas markets are community affairs. They're not just you know, as as it might seem to us here in the West, if you've ever been to Germany, I haven't. But having read about these, the, these are these are gathering places for you know people to you know socially uh, interact. So this is this this Berlin attacker Anus Amory. The more that we read about him and his background, the more incensed we become about the way the German authorities handled. Not only this case, but what I got to begin to believe, Greg, is that this guy's not a special situation. I would I, I would venture to say this is the way German authorities more broadly are handling their national security effort, if you will, uh, as it relates to threats. This guy was on their radar. He was an individual that had, among other things, he had uh, torched migrant camps. He had evaded deportation. He was on the U.S. no-fly list. He was an individual that was the subject of prior deportations and under a current deportation uh, investigation, except for the fact that, guess what? The German authorities hadn't issued him a proper uh, document so they couldn't go forward with his deportation until he had a proper document to be deported. This is insanity. This is this is absolute craziness. As insane, I mean, that's just a small example of the overall insanity of letting in a million unvetted, unvettable refugees from areas of the world where Islamic terrorism is rampant. What do you expect? 
And we've, we've talked about and we've had other guests on that the, the, even before this latest influx, the Muslims had formed no-go zones in all across Europe where they effectively control the streets, where Sharia law reigns supreme, not the law of the land. And now then you put another million people on top of that. And what do you expect? You've got German intelligence now believes uh, to have been, it's believed that they were aware that Amory was meeting with an Islamist in Dortmund and another in another uh, city. I can't even produce Duisburg Rheinhaus, uh, who was linked to Islamist attacks. Counterterrorism investigator told a German newspaper that Amory was also alleged to have attempted to buy a pistol from an undercover police officer. I mean, the more that they unpack about who this guy was and what he had done, the more you just scratch your head and go, what were they waiting for? If I was the family member of one of those 12 people killed, this is... This is an argument for citizens to be able to take legal action against their government for malpractice. Well, sure. And even more importantly is there's going to be an election coming up in Germany. And just as here, over there, uh, the the, the uh, citizen, private citizen, is the most important political office. And the German people, the German citizens are going to have a chance. Is Do you want these policies to continue or not? Well, the multiculturalism is rich with these regimes and these elitists that rule countries like France, like Germany. And it remains to be seen if the German people can organize themselves, that this is the kind of incident that will enrage them enough to vote out Angela Merkel, who bounces back and forth between sanity and insanity regarding her policy. Germany has imported one and a half million purported refugees. They're doing a horrible job of tracking them. They've done a horrible job of vetting them. And now they have to catch up. The, the, The idea that this guy could hide in Germany, that they don't know where to go, that they have this extraordinary lack of human intelligence, the inability to go into these neighborhoods that have, that are these quote unquote sensitive zones or no go zones to be able to find out where this guy could likely hide. I mean, at this point, who knows? He could be out of the country back in, you know, back in Tunisia. Um, This guy who drove the truck in Germany is Tunisian. Interestingly, the Paris attacker that drove the truck in Nice on Bastille Day was also Tunisian. These Tunisia over the last year has broken up 100 terror cells. In June of 2015, we had the attack on the Tunisian at the Tunisian resort on the beach where over 30 expatriates were were gunned down in cold blood on the beach. Tunisia is a, pro, a, a problem country. So anybody coming from Tunisia seeking any kind of refugee or asylum status, that's a red flag. Well, it's, it's, it's the ideology that they share that's the problem is jihadist Islam, that ideology, and many of these people do. I mean, they're not all Muslims, of course. That goes with that. That should be said. Not all Muslims got that. But many of them do. They share this Islamist supremacist ideology and that uh, many, and that under the Quran, the later verses which take precedence, is use of violence to implement Sharia law and Islam is supported because it, and under, under Islam, if you die in the cause of advancing Islam, you immediately go to heaven mm-hmm. as a martyr. 
And it's, and it's not just these terrorist attacks, as bad as they are, but there's this level of crime that's gone up because of the because of this influx of Muslim immigrants. There was a government official from Bavaria was just saying that this, this past week, our wives and our daughters are increasingly afraid of sexual assaults. Last year, we lost control of our borders. Now we're beginning to lose control of our streets and squares. The citizens no longer feel safe in their neighborhoods. Police have handed out 6,000 rape alarms for New Year's after migrant attacks have happened. This is in Austria. And we know that in Germany, all the reports of the New Year's Year's Eve mayhem that happened, the sexual aggressiveness of the uh, uh, quote-unquote Asians that have immigrated into... It wasn't aggressive. It was was mass organized sexual assault. Well, I'm using their word, aggressive behavior, but you're right. Exactly. It translates into that. This is what the Europeans have imported. This is what they're living with. And this is why we're glad Donald Trump has gotten elected and is going Mm -hmm. to dial back all of this insanity that may be coming to us. Political correctness is out the window January 20, 2017. We've got to take a break. A word from our sponsor for this half hour. We'll be back with more after uh, we hear from Ed Hoffman. Yeah, we appreciate Ed Hoffman's support. It's the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. More with the news and events of the week and uh, Donald Trump after this message. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. We've been serving our community with personalized homeownership solutions for over 26 years with offices in Moreno Valley, Temecula, Corona, Downey, Westlake Village, and Covina to service all Southern California and Arizona. Today, we are experiencing excellent conditions in real estate and real estate financing. Interest rates are as low as they've ever been in our history, and real estate prices have come way up from the lows of 2010. If you've purchased a house in the last several years, there's a great chance that today your equity position is much better and available interest rates are much lower. Two factors that spell opportunity for you. If you want to find out what this means to you and you want to talk to a lender who will give you straightforward, honest direction towards an option that's best for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays, 9.30 a.m. and 9 o'clock p.m. And again, Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. Right here on AM 590, The Answer. Licensed by California DRE. Broker license number 01147747. And California Financiers Lenders license number 603K610. Licensed by the California Department of Business Oversight number 603K610. NMLS 9873. AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, our Christmas edition, talking about some of the uh, news of the week. We'll be talking more about Christmas themes and especially the Christmas of 1776 and the lessons to be drawn from that in our, in our second half hour. But this time we're going to talk, we'll talk about an important subject that has uh, really not gotten very little of any discussion in the public, and that is the filibuster rule. As you know, the uh, Republicans are going to have 52 senators and the Democrats 48. Okay. That under the filibuster rule that has existed up to this point, if you have you need sixty votes to pass legislation, so this gives the Democrats the ability to block any legislation that they don't like. Now, certain spending bills called reconciliation can be done on majority vote, but those have to be taxes and spending. Anything else, like a replacement bill for Obamacare or any changes to immigration law to, to both stop illegal immigration and to reform legal immigration in a way that serves the interests of American workers and American taxpayers, that will require new legislation, and the Democrats can block that. 
And my information is that the Republicans intend to keep the filibuster rule as it has last modified by the Democrats in 2013. Now, why is this important coming up? One of the first things that the Senate's going to have to do is to, you know, affirm or or pass on Donald Trump's nominations for various cabinet positions. Well, yeah, right. One of the first things they'll do is actually adopt the rules. And the, the filibuster is not a law. It's part of the Senate rules. And those rules are in effect during the next term, the next two years. Uh, now, under the rule, as the Democrats modified it, the appointments, fortunately, do, are not subject to filibuster. Otherwise, he wouldn't get his appointments. Okay, lot, good. At least a lot of them. So, so that's good. And lower court appointment, lower court appointments, are not subject to filibuster. All right, but they can filibuster his his Supreme Court nominees under the existing rule. And I said any new legislation. So they, they they've said repeatedly we're going to repeal and replace Obamacare. Okay, you you can't repeal all of it by without a, without new legislation. You can do some of it by a reconciliation bill, and you can't do a, a replacement. Without new legislation. So you, if you keep, so in other words, it comes down to this. If you keep the filibuster rule, and the Republicans intend to do that at this point, Donald Trump will not be able to keep that key promise of repealing and replacing Obamacare. Well, that could be a problem then. It sure could. And to make the matters worse, the Senate parliamentarian determines whether something can be in a reconciliation bill or not. Mitch McConnell, the Senate majority leader, has kept Harry Reid's parliamentarian, even though he could replace him at any time at his at Mitch McConnell's discretion. But he's kept Harry Reid's parliamentarian. And Why this would is the person that? who basically says you're you're following the rules or not. Right. So this, this, this I saw so maybe generate a little discussion on this point. On this point, I'm gonna I'm gonna have an article. I'm gonna post on our on our, our website and on our Facebook page. Is to make America great again. Republicans are going to have to get rid of the filibuster, and we'll see whether they do it. And fire a parliamentarian. Fire the parliamentarian. Very good. We will be back with much more about Christmas and what we're looking forward to in 2017 after the break. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program, broadcasting to you on a Sunday not a Saturday. Because Merry of, Christmas to you, Don, and, and to all of our listeners. Absolutely. Both and, of them. Uh, to, the, uh, to the co-host we, uh, we miss, John Hancock and his family, and to uh, all the folks uh, out there that tune us in every week. We thank you for listening. It is Christmas, and one of the, one of the interesting Christmas stories that happened early in American history uh, is something that you uh, love to listen to, Greg. Why don't you, uh, we're going to play this for our listeners, but set this up for us. Sure. Ronald Reagan said that if we forget what we did, we won't, knew, we won't know who we are. I know when I was growing up, I learned in school and the story of the Christmas of 1776 and, and how... Americans rebounded uh, with a daring attack on the uh, Hessian troops that saved our re- that saved the Revolutionary War for our cause for our side, and so we're going to hear the story as told by Newt Gingrich of the Christmas of 1776. General Washington and his troops had been defeated in September, driven from Brooklyn to Manhattan, from Manhattan to north of New York City, around the Palisades, across New Jersey. They declined from 30,000 troops in September to 2,500 effectives on Christmas Day. Of the 2,500, one-third did not have boots. 
They were wearing burlap bags wrapped around their feet, and as they marched, they left a trail of blood. General Washington knew that if he didn't win a victory soon, the entire army would have disappeared. And so he had to do something desperate. He proposed to cross an icy river at night in a snowstorm and then march nine miles in the dark to the city of Trenton, a village that had 800 German troops, professionals, Hessians. He was going to surprise them and capture them. It was a very dangerous plan. Because it was harder to get there than they thought, they were four hours late. And yet, as a sign of divine providence, there was an enormous snowstorm coming from the north, behind them, pushing them towards Trenton. A storm so enormous that the German troops said nobody could be out in this kind of weather. So they didn't post guards. They didn't muster at dawn as they normally would because it was impossible. And for Europeans, it probably was impossible. But these were Americans. They were used to the American winter. They were used to deer hunting in the winter. They were used to traveling in the winter. This was just a terrible snowstorm. It wasn't a reason to stop. Washington's troops surprised the Germans, captured 800 of them at the cost of one American, and then ran for the river before the British Army could catch them, went across the river with their prisoners. Within two weeks, 15,000 volunteers showed up, and Washington began driving the British across New Jersey. The revolution had been saved. How big a gamble was it? That night, as they began to get in the boats, they were told that the password for that evening was victory or death, and they meant it. They were prepared to give everything for freedom. Surely, in the most successful country in history, we can do what is necessary. We can be in the spirit of General Washington and the Americans who fought for freedom. We can go out, get the vote out, make the argument, stand up for freedom. And I believe we can have as big an impact in helping America remain free in our generation as they did in theirs. Victory or death. How many people, do you, how, how much of America do you think today would adopt that attitude when it comes to preserving their freedoms or liberties? Probably not very many, although at the time, only 3% of military-aged males served in the Revolutionary Army. Hence the term three percenters. Right. So if you've ever seen the term three percenters floating around social media or the internet, that's a direct reference to the number of people that were willing to take up arms in order to advance the revolution. And today we need to get people to just come to meetings, to go out and canvas, to make phone calls, to make donations, and nothing like marching in the snow with a burlap bag on your right. feet, leaving a trail of blood in the snow. Or from the comfort of your own home, participating in petitions, signing petitions, uh, sharing these new laws. We have an example of that was the petition that was being circulated by the Orange Coast College Republican Club regarding the uh, firing of a teacher that was forcing her belief systems 
on a class following the election of Donald Trump. She was caught on video railing against, you know, the quote unquote terrorists that had voted for Donald Trump. And then in other classes, asking those people to stand up so that the rest of the classes could see who it was that voted for this, you know, Mike Pence, who was the uh, antichrist for homeless, for gay people, if you will. I mean, this is this is ridiculous. Is there any question? I, I mean, is how many people would stand? Would have if if you were in the class, right? Would you have stood up as as having voted for Donald Trump? Victory or death? Yeah, or is it in this case? Is I might get a bad grade, right? Yep. Victory, or I might get a bad grade. But you know, sometimes I, you know, when I'm thinking about the story that we just heard, you know, I begin to imagine who are those men, and in some cases, women who supported, obviously, the men that went off to fight these battles. Who are all these unnamed individuals that came from, you know, small farms around the country, small businesses, you know, merchants in you know little towns. Uh, in some cases, spiritual leaders. Who are those people that we don't even know their names today who fought for this country that we now enjoy? Those, all those, un, you know, unfortunately unnamed people who I guess some of whom we could, you know, go through the historical record, find out who they were, but many of whom are, are unnamed, who died on an unnamed battlefield in an unnamed or on an unnamed march, succumbed to the winner you know, in in unnamed marches or encampments waiting to go to battle. Right, at that time, more soldiers would die from disease than would, they would die from uh, they would die from, from from combat. Yep. But there, there's another side to this, and I alluded to it. I mentioned Ronald Reagan. Is <clears throat> knowing your history, knowing these stories, it really informs who your the, the identity of the country. Right, and he talks. He says that a, a warning of an eradication of the American memory that could result ultimately in an erosion of the American spirit, and this is happening deliberately in the, in the, oh, in the schools and the universities. Is to the extent they teach any American history, it is anti-American history, rather than stories like we just heard, Christmas of seventeen seventy-six, and it was, it was, it was almost it was, it was so quintessentially American of the courage and the daring, the initiative to win that key victory. Or 30 seconds over Tokyo, how many people would know what that meant these days? Right. Or the story, or, or what happened at Gettysburg and Joshua Chamberlain's stand uh, on, uh, on Little Round Top, a key defensive position outnumbered by the Confederates. And if he had lost that position, the Union may have lost, probably would have lost the battle and maybe the entire war. Outnumbered, out of ammunition, he launches a bayonet charge at the Confederates that saved the day, saved the battle, and may have saved the Union. But how many people know his story? This is such an important point, and it, 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 it is motivating me to bring up something that we're going to be talking about in the next couple of shows. And that is every so often California Department of Education has a process where they review their textbooks and they review the content of the textbooks and what's being taught. And all of that is developed through what's called a California framework. And that is what informs the producers of textbooks who produce the textbooks that teach our children this history. And whether it's world history or early American history, 
all of this history is being tweaked in order to in, in order to advance a narrative and an agenda. And if you don't know the history, there's no way you can appreciate what this country is, what the people sacrificed for it, or what the history of our quote-unquote opponents of Western civilization are. We're going to have an opportunity to assess the textbooks here in California over the next four months. And we're going to devote an, almost an entire show to uh, educating the folks here in the Inland Empire about what they can do to participate in a process that will evaluate, though you don't have to have a background in history. Mm-hmm. You don't have to back have a background in education, although that might be helpful. But we need people to be able to evaluate these proposed textbooks that have been produced by these publishers in order to assess that history that's going to be taught to our children. This is an ideal opportunity to learn more about the agenda of the progressive left and how it's being implemented in our history textbooks. Right, and in Texas, they were they were successful in making the text. And they, didn't, they focused not on the so much the politics of it, but just making them historically accurate, making them true. Right. And by pointing out the errors, they were able to get many of them corrected, and we're going to try to duplicate that success here in California. We may have a tougher time here in California, but truth is still truth. Amen. So that'll be coming up in the weeks ahead, so stay tuned to uh, Unite IE broadcast regularly at 4 o'clock on Saturdays, but today on Christmas Day. We'll be back after a message from our sponsor for this half hour. All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio. My name is Greg Britton from the Residence Tea Party Patriots, and I'm joined by my co-host Don Dix, chapter leader of Act for America in Corona. Psalms 33.12 says that, Blessed be the land whose God is the Lord. And I think there's a lot there's there's a, there's a lot in that one sentence, and it's not just that. Well, God is going to rain down blessings and good stuff and on Christian lands. I think it more relates to the people, because if you are a Christian, and or or Jew, and your God is the Lord, that affects you as a person and how you. Conduct yourself, including uh, including in your role as a citizen of a democratic republic. And our founders certainly recognized this. We told the story of Christmas of 1776 and how George Washington led, uh, led a daring attack across the Delaware on Christmas to say and won a key victory that really saved the revolution. He was a very religious man and understood the importance of religion. He says that 
The propitious smiles of heaven can never be expected on a nation that disregard the eternal rules of order and right, which heaven itself has ordained. And we could go on for a long time reading about what our founders said about the importance of religion to them and to the country. Well, and more than just the the aspects of having a religion as, you know, for personal salvation, you know, believing in Jesus Christ, um, you know, we're celebrating the, the birth of Christ today, and that's what Christmas is all about. But But religion has provided a moral construct for this country, and I think that you can directly connect the decline of morality in our culture to the cleansing of the religious, religious, uh, you know, everything from prayer in classrooms to, um, you know, the left and and atheists trying to push out, you know, Christmas uh, celebrations, crosses from Mount Rubido. You know, we've, we have here locally an example of that. This, this cleansing of, of, religion or religious symbols or notions of religion, I think, is directly related to the decline in our culture. Well, I think oh, absolutely. They're, they are related because as the Lord transitions from no longer being the God of that land, then those, the people are different. And you don't have those, the blessings that fall when God is the Lord of that land. Uh, John Adams had said that our Constitution was made for a religious and moral people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Exactly. Meaning, people, you got to bring something to the table. You know, freedom of speech is, you know, has, um, I, I don't want to say limitation, but a responsibility. When you, when you bring freedom, it doesn't mean you can walk into a crowded movie theater and yell fire. Or does it mean that you can walk onto a crowded plane and start, you know, yelling the gospel? Um, it, it, there's a responsibility to having these freedoms. Absolutely. Alexis de Tocqueville, who wrote the Democracy in America, came and toured America in the 1830s. And so, so how, how is this thing working out over here? Mm-hmm. He, was a, he was a French, uh, French noble. And he says that despotism may govern without faith, but liberty cannot. How is it possible that society should escape destruction when the moral tie is not strengthened in proportion as the political tie is relaxed. Say that again. How is it possible that society should escape destruction if the moral tie is not strengthened in proportion as the political tie is relaxed? So if the government is not there forcing you to do something, standing over your shoulder right. with the bayonet with the figurative or literal bayonet behind you, how do you, how do people behave in an appropriate manner? Key to our key to the founding of the country and our success was the underlying moral belief based came from religion. Ten commandments, right? Because if you don't if you don't have that underlying moral belief, then what's the source of that? You know, I was watching. I think this is related. I was watching a series of videos that were produced by people that drove through uh, certain areas of Chicago, certain areas of Detroit, certain areas of Baltimore. And the the obvious visible decay of neighborhoods of some of these neighborhoods in Detroit looked exactly like the neighborhoods I grew up in in Baltimore. Same 
physical structure or you know design of the houses except the houses that they were driving past in Detroit were abandoned were in you know every 10th house was still occupied but there was absolutely no pride of ownership no pride of where you where you lived that's not a, a government doesn't necessarily tell you you got to mow your lawn you have, although there are you know rules obviously in certain neighborhoods you got to keep your house up to certain standards but in an environment like that if you don't already come equipped with a certain uh you know guiding principle uh morality about you know how do you live in in you know neighbor to neighbor you end up with these kinds of of neighborhoods. One of the videos that was completely shocking was a five minute video of just recording the sound in a Chicago night and the gunfire that you could hear off in the distance uh, repeatedly over and over again from different places, different uh, intensities. I mean, you're literally living in a war zone in Chicago where one person a night is killed in this gang violence, this youth on youth violence. That wouldn't happen if there was a respect for life. Well, it wouldn't happen if 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 the people of, in that in those neighborhoods were regular churchgoers. I mean, how many regular churchgoers would be going out there and shoot and and shooting people, firing their guns and and, and indiscriminate almost indiscriminately to right. killing innocent people, or dealing or being or being criminal gangs or being or dealing drugs on the street? You wouldn't. So again, it shows the it shows the underlying importance which we've been losing of religion. Well, and we're seeing it. We're seeing it in Europe. We're seeing what happens when you completely remove uh, the practice of religion from societies and import uh, this multiculturalism. We're witnessing that on a daily basis. You know, with the terror attacks, with you know the uh, one one cultures morality thrust upon another culture's morality the decay of that uh it's incredible we're out of time for this segment We've got a word from our sponsor we'll be back with final thoughts after this time for from all-star collision the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll back after this when you're in an auto accident you want quality repairs done as fast as possible all you need is all-star for 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision, 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll, 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to United IE Radio. We just had some uh, technical problems here in our in our break here. The Russians, apparently not satisfied with hacking our election, hacked into United IE Radio and were messing with our computer. They were. Yes. I mean, we, we, we barely got a thing running here again to, so we could start or finish up our show. This is this is just bad news, Greg. I didn't realize the Russians were. Uh, Must be the Russians. <laughs> the Russians do uh, get in the way of anything. Apparently, they're everywhere. They are everywhere. 
So, but seriously. So, so Christmas, our, our, our show here, Christmas Day, um, you know, a lot of Christmas is about the kids. And one of the things that uh, is, is happening now in the California Assembly is a bill known as SB18. It directly, this is something we just want to put on everybody's radar screen because this is a bill that is going to impact if it ever gets voted on. And there are there are some hurdles it has to go through in order to get to become law. But this shows you where the progressives in Sacramento are headed with the subject of, with the topic of parental rights. This bill is... Draconian, insidious. This is something that you could only imagine, you know, in an in an Orwellian government. Greg, and we are in California. We are in California. It is Orwellian. But give us your take. Well, there's I think there's two things going on here. One is it's potentially could be used as a dramatic as an excuse to influence to intrude on parental decisions in every aspect of a child's life, health, education, upbringing, uh, you know, it's got these rights to um, a safe and healthy environment, to social and emotional well-being, to opportunities to obtain uh, optimal cognitive, physical, and social development, very broad and vague, uh, to appropriate quality education, could that be used to get rid of homeschool, attack homeschooling or private schooling, to appropriate quality health care, so it's what the state decides, not what the parents decide. So this could be used to intrude on parental decision-making in, in every aspect of the child's life. The key thing that I think is, is very disturbing here is, is, the, is the terminology research-based essential needs. Who's research, Greg? What essential needs, Greg? Does, does it matter to them that up to 90% of all published research is poorly done or outright fraudulent? So all of a sudden, we're seeing a construct being built that the government is in complete control of because of research-based essential needs. Yes, and it's the research that they chose. But the other thing that's going on here is, I think, to set up legal challenges. So lawyer, liberal lawyers could sue and say, well, the, the law says child or, the children are entitled to uh, appropriate quality health care, so judge mandate that here in California or education or healthy environment, because there are lawsuits brought in other states where they've, they've sued to try to stop global warming, saying the children have a right to a safe environment. Well, this law is setting that up. So welcome to 2017. This has been the United I Radio Show. More on SB18 and other intrusions on your liberty in the next episode. Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. It's the most wonderful time in eight years. Yet some kids are protesting while Trump fans investing their time with good cheer. Sing it's the most wonderful time in when you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. 
Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.